Welcome to the Visions of a Better World podcast. We are part of Global Visions, an association founded in Helsinki, Finland. Our goal is to bring people and organizations together as well as develop ideas and ways of thinking to make the world a better place. In this podcast series, our association is represented by me, project planner Petri Lahtinen, and Max Dahlberg, the founder and chairperson of the association. We are also inviting guests to the podcast to discuss themes that are important in making the world a better place. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's move onwards then to the last topic, which is cosmopolitanism. And we can start off with the, with the simple question, what is the central idea of cosmopolitanism? Cosmopolitanism is an, an, an old idea that you already find in among the Greeks antiques in uh, antiquity. Um, but of course, generally, cosmopolitanism is a reference to uh, 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 the basic fact that we all belong to the same world, And in this sense that there is something like a global society. And being a cosmopolitan in that sense uh, is sort of viewing yourself as a citizen or member of this society that, that covers uh, all, all of the all of Earth. Um, so that that in general. And that was uh, sort of in, in uh, among the Greeks uh, that was uh, and, and sort of A critical starting point also um, uh, that that the idea well well uh, if some king or emperor comes to tell me what to do I'm say I'm, I'm I'm not a citizen of your country because I'm a citizen of the world so I don't have to do what you say <laughs> that was a, sort of the critical starting point the cosmopolitan idea that 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 came out uh, but then today um, there's um, There's kind of in, in philosophy there's two major um, types of cosmopolitanism. One starts from some it's called call it moral view, where you sort of start from the idea uh, that uh, cosmopolitan means that all human beings are equally what our equal worth, all are equal. We are all in a way members of this global world and we should have the same freedoms and rights and all moral principles applies in the same way to all uh, independently of, 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 of country and so on so so that's one one approach to cosmopolitan you can start from there then you can go to a more sort of political form of cosmopolitanism where you uh, think about the kind of institutions that you have that we have the rules and institutions that sort of govern this Does it, is there a global society and do we have institutions and rules that govern all of this? And of course, then could we develop institutions that would make this, this uh, uh, the world a better place in, from, from that perspective, not only national, but, but globally. So mainly these two kinds, cosmopolitanism is, 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 is uh, uh, you find in, in contemporary discourse. <clears throat> Well, when we have focused on the question of justice, then uh, what would be the most uh, relevant and maybe important aspects where the, uh, the idea of cosmopolitanism 
very hard word to pronounce, I, I now uh, <laughs> come to realize, uh, comes into play, especially in the context of present world that is already uh, highly globalized, but uh, at the same time, we can probably agree that globally the world is still very far away from being just an equal place. Yeah, so, so if, you, if we sort of take this uh, moral notion of cosmopolitanism, that, that you can also say that that's exactly a conception of cosmopolitan justice that's at the bottom. Uh, it, of course, be- begins with sort of the observation that, that when, okay, we have some good conceptions of justice, uh, for example, liberal conceptions of justice that we consider quite good, but mainly these are, are are applied in a certain within certain nation states only that you sort of think that justice and then the political system like democracy they sort of belong together and if you have these two you can create a quite a good society and and you know who are the people <laughs> you have it limited you could do it here we can do it together in a way maybe we have a, a we have modes of the same language or modes of communicating that makes it possible for us to come to some kind of we have a, and it's a limited political system you can sort of see how it works so there you there you sort of see um, how how a, a conception of justice can be realized mm-hmm. in a society but then if you think about it then of course the argument the, the sort of moral argument is okay we talk about individual rights we talk about human rights uh, but then we say well these are sort of they are not limited to any specific nation-state. They are not sort of French individual rights or Finnish, but they are individual rights, human rights. So actually, these principles of justice, they, they, they extend to everyone. Okay, so we have a problem then if we say, well, we do it here, but we don't have to care about the rest of the world. So then we are doing a, an injustice, of course. <laughs> Because we have a concept of justice, but it's limited in an unjust way. So we really, the task is to extend this, so it, it we can sort of claim that it, it belongs to, it is something that, that covers uh, everyone. So that, that that's sort of a starting point for, for sort of justice. Then you can, of course, use the same, if you have a good conception of justice, you can apply it, try to apply it in this global context and see what can, what can we do about that one. Off the top of my head, I, I think one of the most, uh, and, and this is, uh, well, I think this is an opinion that many people share as well, but um, my opinion uh, with the, when, when the question of cosmopolitanism is, is taken up uh, in regard with the uh, question of justice and equality is the uh, sort of contradiction between uh, let's say human rights and the activities of multinational corporations mm-hmm. so you have a lot of multinational corporations that have very viciously uh, gained uh, modes of uh, act- actions and, and rights to do things uh, globally and internationally that are taking advantage of uh, limited natural resources, but then at the same time, uh, 
when, for example, I think I don't know if we discussed this uh, on record, but at least at, at, after some session we we discussed uh, Martha Nussbaum and mm, and, mm. and her philosophy and, and and in his in her book Frontiers of Justice, uh, she is writing about global that justice is a project that should be made more global and uh, that we are in desperate need of certain like uh, uh, organizations that can implement global justice that we don't have so in a nutshell to sum up there's this uh, contradiction of that there are certain uh, actors in the global uh, stage that uh, use the globalized world to their advantage and at the same time we cannot uh, get uh, efficient international organizations that would uh, limit and uh, control certain uh, inequalities uh, that happen locally but especially internationally yes and this is of course yes and and this is uh, yes how how these sort of moral claims which uh, seem uh, well justified i mean it's true it's it's we don't have any good reasons to to, to limit justice to our own people or our own society but then of course you would need uh, some kind of uh, political level some organizations and we don't have much of that or we don't have enough we have some of course uh, we have the united nations system and it's another kind of institutions that uh, are doing much of this uh, this work but but uh, but of course uh, not enough so uh, so well I, I i spoke earlier about this uh this persons come from critical theory do global political theory for example one is david held uh, well known um a british critical theorist and also political theorist that's, that has been in in this doing this work he died a few years ago uh but he have for, for decades been doing this and and that's exactly a project of what he called cosmopolitan reforms where he tries to think about uh how what kind of institutions could aid in uh, uh making the world more democratic in a in a broad sense and in that sense uh, uh work for uh, or against uh, inegalitarian injustices in 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 a, on a global scale um and most of these like hell they they build they go back to to sort of uh, Immanuel Kant's original idea i mean kant is one of the major thinkers when it comes to cosmopolitanism he was one of the first who who formulated that specific uh, cosmopolitan principles of right uh, that that was he had his national or national or principles of right and then the cosmopolitan and also is well known for his writing on perpetual peace where he sort of um, Uh, takes up the task of of sort of striving toward perpetual peace in the world world thing and but then in a, uh, in connection with this Kant is also well known for 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 sort of being strictly opposed to the idea that we should view the global in terms of a, a global superstate uh, that that is a very dangerous thought and a bad bad idea because uh, um, the idea of having a political society a state 
uh, that that uh, implements justice it's sort of dependent on the idea that we have many states mm. that are in connection with each other and, and in a way uh, influencing each other and uh, watching over each other uh, uh, so that that it, it's not only sort of the domestic aspect but you also have a relationship with other states and this it keeps up a kind of balance then you won't have a strong power center if you but if you begin to think about a global super state there would be a state a power without an outside and can't think that this is extremely dangerous and bad idea we shouldn't go for that so most people who work within these cosmopolitan uh, justice and political cosmopolitan justice they sort of follow Kant in this aspect bad idea with a, to, to think sort of that that we should have similar system on the global level as in the national level we have to think of it differently we shouldn't strive for a global super state a power center with without any opposition that's 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 a totalitarian idea it's dangerous it's not good so we have to come up with uh, think about this level in a different way than on the national so that's a starting point so so don't copy the national on the global so what can we come up with on a on a global level and hell and these others have tried to sort of figure out and think about and come to ideas of, of what kind of institutions you can you could create of course uh, to implement that is uh, seems very slow <laughs> extremely difficult because as long as uh, you have opposition from strong powers it, it it's not likely to happen uh, many um, these uh, think that the idea of an international criminal court that's a good idea we should sort of have kind of that 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 watches over uh, states uh, crimes of the state mm-hmm. <laughs> but as it happens the big one didn't join so the United States they don't recognize the international criminal court for example and so yeah, uh, Russia or China uh, they're, not, they're not part of this system so we have an international criminal court they can sort of criticize United States or Russia but since these are not part of the system they don't so so this is a, always of course the difficulty that the optimism or the, the optimists believe that okay we just have to continue with that work and try to slowly by slowly <laughs> develop these institutions in a way that that they can work uh, uh, exactly uh, I mean another idea that that's of course very much connected to capitalism uh, is is uh, sort of on the state level we we know what regulating capitalism means we, we did know that <laughs> before capitalism was was sort of uh, become such a global globally free system that is moving fr- freely between states I mean some 30 40 years it wasn't like that you could you could have have state regulation of the market but you can't have that anymore so of course now many are thinking well that is something we would need on the global level can you regulate capitalism in a way that that you would cut cut away the the, the worst forms of of exploitation uh, of people in in, in uh, underprivileged positions in all over the globe and so on yeah and martha nussbaum also uh probably also elsewhere, but especially in her book uh, Frontiers of Justice uh, warned against this idea of world state as being yes. a dangerous uh, 
very likely totalitarian system uh, and and advocate advocates for these uh, international institutions and organizations that are uh, politically and economically independent yes. as much yes. as possible so yeah. they don't they are not tied into the sort of shifting political and economic interests and also one that is very current uh, in regarding to this uh, in uh, international justice global justice uh, apart from that international uh, that crime crime question is the international uh, climate treaties that yes, are yes. also when it's yes. when when the big biggest uh, wealthy biggest and wealthiest countries that are also the countries that produce most of waste and carbon dioxide and greenhouse gas emissions when they indeed don't ratify those uh, treaties then uh, the I, I, it's uh, that th- this question uh, particularly I remember someone who I don't remember now wrote very very cleverly that the, 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 the atmosphere doesn't care from which countries the emissions no, come no. from yeah. so, yeah. so, so, yes. so uh, these sort of international treaties uh, yes yes those are those are and, and um, there's of course a, a, today a lot of reasons for for pessimism about that because if you i mean in, uh, i think in 1992 that was in the rio agreement mm-hmm. where where that 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 was sort of uh, the big optimism everyone agreed mm-hmm. to this project of stopping climate change uh it was a big happening and everyone was yes now we are doing it um and then, then when we today view what happened after that, then everything went n- nothing. <laughs> nothing was sort of uh, made better. <laughs> everything went <laughs> went has been going going in a uh, bad direction after that. So that that's uh, really a reason, of course, for for pessimism. That 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 com- was a complete failure, and it was an optimism hope that was a complete failure uh, for many reasons. I mean. In actual fact, then then the big ones didn't sort of go along with that, they, because they were they were thinking about their own interests, uh, and so on. Uh, but still, of course, uh, the, the, it's still anyway is uh, one of the most important things to deal with today. Can we could we sort of get on with that? And of course, the, the, it's a little bit more hopeful today because. Because now we can, we are seeing how uh, the world is changing in a bad direction. As climate climate change is really uh, uh, imposing on, on on our lives, so now you can see, you can sort of feel it and see it. Uh, I think uh, uh, I think it's it's today. I, I read in the news that uh, in in the evening, Australia will be hit by the worst hurricane probably ever. Uh, they have ever had. Uh, uh, it was a small news in the this morning in the paper. They will be hit by this worst hurricane ever. Uh, we'll see <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> we'll we'll know tomorrow. The listener will know better uh, how was that. But I mean, we have these kind of events, and nobody knows when or where or what they are. 
but of course these have an impact on on, on this so, so so now decision maker politicians can feel it in their bones <laughs> that something has so so there's that that's sort of a reason for destructive reason for optimism if you put it like that yeah and <clears throat> continuing on from from the issues of the environment and uh, issues of ecology uh, what some of the critiques that have uh, now presented towards cosmopolitanism come from some writings and thinkers who operate within movements that we can call for example deep, deep ecology and strong sustainability uh, that connect this uh, the idea sometimes to the threats of uh, the heritage of imperialism that uh, mm-hmm. if we come up with uh, that if we first acknowledge the fact that the the living standards of the 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 interest industry and economies of of the so-called global north are the problem and not the of the global south yeah. and then w- when we think about this cosmopolitanism there might be the danger of uh, and, and and going back to the dangers of worse world state idea that that if these kind of uh, centralizing uh, projects of expansion come from the global north that that we here come up with ecological solutions and we kind of have or fully impose them to all countries that we say okay now this is the way to pursue ecology uh, (coughs) and instead that uh, these sort of movements nowadays uh, they for example it's very i don't want to say trendy but it's it's getting more attention that there are certain uh, natural and indigenous people who have managed to create cultures that are sustainable so we should make uh, local because they are usually local they 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 have stayed local so we should uh, uh, see and understand these local practices and then sort of present them as uh, methods and ideas that would be freely adaptable to right. other environments instead of making them this kind of export product that, that this is like now the ecological solutions solution and every state in the world should adopt this because we have here deemed it uh, efficient and, and, and the sort yes. of best solution. Yes, yes. Um, one could put that in the, I mean, it's the, you could put that in the, in the sort of distinction between uh, the idea of, of green growth mm. and the ideas of, some call it degrowth mm. or uh, post-growth. Mm. Uh, and w- what then is called de- green growth uh, which, by the way, is sort of uh, the official policy uh, in Finland. Mm-hmm. You can find it on the, on the state <laughs> state mm-hmm. pages. The green route is what we're going for. So green route, in a way, is what you say. It comes from uh, the influential strong uh, who want to stay strong, will will just sort of keep their living standards. Uh, and the idea, the idea is, of course, very. It's very good if it if it would work. The idea is, okay, we continue to live as like, but then we develop everything in a direction that, that, that is good for the climate. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, 
so we will have uh, airplanes which which have no pollution anymore. Mm. That's the future. We know about this project. We have a cars which uh, no no carbon monoxide chemical cars, electric cars, and so on. Uh, and this is sort of the idea of green roads. Mm. So we continue as as, as usual. As usual, we just change change the ways in a way that will 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 stop climate change, and then it it's it's good. This is a very beautiful idea, and uh, and um, it, it, I mean, for for some, for for us here here in Finland, it would be good if it works. Uh, I, accidentally, I've been I've been uh, connected with a project writing about this, and and in that article, it, it stated that 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 yes, but it has completely failed this idea of green roads, so it hasn't sort of. Done anything good for the climate? We have green growth, but not the climate change is sort of deepening. Uh, and then, it, yes, this what alternatives do one have then? The idea of degrowth, which is it's it's a very broad sort of uh, social idea, which involves that uh, growth should be sort of not focused on economic growth, but on growth in democracy, growth in justice, growth in other things. Uh, and 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 then see to that sort of environmental issues as primary issues and so on. Um, a very, very sort of uh, that's kind of conception of justice also. Uh, but of course, it's been viewed so far as completely idealistic and, and and sort of for activist groups to to sort of work with. But it has no connection with with reality. We also have that that sort of that you mentioned. It's sometimes called uh, in in anthropology, um, sort of political ontology, where you focus on the different kind of worldviews that are present globally today, and try to sort of bring out what's wrong, what is the the sort of Western modernity as a worldview doing to to people all over the world, and then try to sort of <laughs> come up with other kinds of worldviews that would view human life in a in a more uh, Sort of better way than what we do here, uh, um, and then sort of developing and, and making these new worldviews grow instead of the one we have, where, where, where we just use view. This is one phrase from Nancy Fraser also, where was so nature is only viewed as that is between the tap and the sink. That's that sort of where we can view. We have nature is sort of the tap. And the sink, you have resources and waste, and that's our conception of nature today. And that, that's a horrible one, horrible image. So, uh, uh, could we could we sort of develop this different kind of worldviews, different kind of conceptions? That's, uh, uh, but I, that's also, of course, mostly viewed as very idealistic and and, and so on. So that, that that's all all the time the, the problem. And if you're, you you you're sort of a realism, you will see. Of course, the green growth will probably, for many years, remain a sort of ideology <laughs> globally. Also, uh, will it start to work? Will it sort of have effect? Um, maybe we don't know. It's possible, but of course, we then know also that that the ones who will benefit from that is we here, rich people. <laughs> we will have sort of things as usual, whereas not necessarily in other places. So uh, so things will sort of go on. 
So, so uh, yes, well, in cosmopolitan reform, again, to go back to that conception of justice, so how could we come up with, with institutions or modes of, of, yeah, that would do a difference here, make a diff real difference? Um, yes, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, there's a, a, from the perspective of cosmopolitanism and, and global justice, there's this unavoidable gap that, that we have this... Uh, people who are now we who now live in uh, let's say welfare states some have coined the global north we have this uh, uh, inherited situation that that our uh, parents and grandparents have uh, worked hard and they have gained more material wealth and 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 the production and consumption have yes. have increased and then we have uh, the so-called global south, uh, less developed countries that have more scarce uh, uh, living standards. And then there's uh, the majority of global north who don't want to give up that yeah. inherited uh, yes. privileges and advantages and that uh, accumulated wealth. But then, because we have, even though we could sum in, in, in a beautiful technological utopia create technology that is completely emission-free, we still have uh, na limited natural resources. Yes. So then we have the people who live in sparse uh, circumstances uh, who many, I could imagine, dream of the living standards of the wealthier countries. So there's the, there's, we are both on the different sides of the fence and uh, we want to we don't want to go to the other side and we don't want the others to come to our side because it's unsustainable so th that is the, the question that where is the kind of is there does there exist globally some sort of middle ground that we we could all agree that okay the 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 poorer uh, portion of the population they will get bit more wealth, bit more uh, be part of the current production and consumption, and on the other hand, that the wealthier uh, part of the population will give up some of the, okay, that we, we, will, we will, will give up this amount of material mm, wealth yeah. and, and yeah. possession. And the, this was also going back to the, to the previous topics of critical theory and exactly. Marx, the <coughs> criticism of of ob objects and, 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 and a possession of mm. uh, uh, an accumulation of private property. Yeah, yeah, well, I, that, 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 that what you just <laughs> said was a sort of a, a very, uh, 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 yeah, it, it was a kind of a diagnostic, <laughs> diagnostic account of the, of the present, <laughs> if you like, which shows uh, uh, the contradictions and the problems, the, the conflicts that that we live, live with. Um, so 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 then uh, um yeah should we stay with that diagnostic account <laughs> uh or aspire for something something more positive um but it's it's uh it, i mean it's difficult to come up with 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 sort of new <laughs> new good good solutions in the, i mean I, I mean we know what it could be we know here i think and what i, I would say yeah. i mean yes a, a way of regulating capitalism in a way that uh, would take into account that sort of 
minimum wage uh, would be applied to everyone in mm. the whole world. So mm. sort of uh, integrating societies now, it seems very difficult today to have sort of integrated world uh, with with the different kind of societies like China and Russia that sort of and and then in the Western world and so on. And, and Africa and, and South America, and they have sort of different, very different sort of interests. So, uh, so those are stoppages, those are hindrances, it's difficulties, conflicts that, that makes it so difficult to, to even imagine what it could be. But I mean, the idea is, yes, let's regulate capitalism in a way. Let's have minimum wages for all, all over the world, uh, basic income to everyone. Uh, this in life, so so we know this sort of one level of ideas what it means, but how how can one think? Yeah, what but then the, we end up in these power struggles that we have today. What were the ideas that David Held has spoken about? Then you mentioned him earlier. Well, well, they try Held and others. They try to sort of think about uh, institutions that could uh, be be sort of designed so that they would be devoted to issues of removing injustices but of course they are always they are good ideas but as long as we have a, um, sort of a, a world where there is a strong power struggle between the, the large ones um, they can't have any effect so international criminal court is also a good idea but it has very little effect if not everybody joins so they present and, and, and create and uh, anyway creating or developing the UN system but there you have the Security Council which is stopping sort of most things <laughs> but the, I mean the UN system is doing other levels a lot of good things but but it's a it's also stores, oh, yeah it's, it's, it's um, but but you have have this is just a situation that that as you need to get everybody to join how do how do we do that? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I think the situation has come to the point that when when, when you do like a, a, a sort of larger analysis of history, that there's been this um, argument that since the invention of the atomic bomb, that was sort of first instance in a history that the humankind universally sort of. Uh, came the realization that our entire existence is a threat, that this, this invention was something that will not uh, be restricted to local conflict, but could yeah. potentially uh, wipe out the entire human race. And this was largely the fear of uh, that fueled the Cold War. But now the, the large, more large scale acknowledgement of uh, various ecological crises that are happening uh, little by little and, and, and also accelerating but it's a gradual process and, and the fact that people know that there are people that know that okay like you said that we have uh, things uh, methods that we could uh, utilize and would be effective but then those uh, because of the complex globalized systems of capitalism, economy, polit politics, etc., are so it's they are so um, massive, complex, and almost like monolith-like that it's very 
like like it's it's one of the classic uh, sayings that it's easier now to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism, mm -hmm. and it has come to the point that we are now uh, in a such an uh, new found pessimistic uh, standpoint that there are more and more uh, academics even and, and scholars who say are come to the conclusion that as we have seen we have the means and methods while we don't have the willpower or the actual pot potentiality to utilize them that, they, that let's just throw up our hands in the air and say that okay this is the end let's just accept that 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 the the, the human uh, species is doomed for extinction and 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 just try to make the best of it while we can yeah of course but on the other hand you can you can sort of uh, choose a different narrative also which i would of course follow that that when we view history uh, we have also seen um a lot of uh, improvements uh, that has happened uh, due to um, people groups engaging for a better world so so you can just take the labor movement in the 20th century and and uh, feminist movement and all these kind of movements so they have been successful so we have seen these successes through the last centuries and they have mostly been due to the fact that people together engage for something and protest and, and do something so although we think that and we today view that that we're now protesting nothing is happening we don't see anything happening then if you put that into a historical perspective yes it's a long-term project but we just have to continue <laughs> and, and so there's also this other hopeful more hopeful narrative that you can lean on and then you you can you still in a way have to throw up your hands because I can do it I can fix things sorry but 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 anyway um, even if I can't fix it I can still fight on <laughs> for as good as I can for as long as I can and other people will come along and do it because uh, it's sort of um, because a majority of the earth finds that things are quite intolerable the strong doesn't <laughs> the stronger rich doesn't feel it like that but anyway a majority experience the world in this way so yes and 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 also we learn from history yes we, we sort of we have seen in the last 30 years things happen that that uh, nobody expected the end of the soviet union comes came like that it just happened and nobody saw it coming. We we had 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 September 11. That was a terrible thing that came from from also from nowhere. We had easy. We have now this kind of movement. They come come sort of from nowhere. So um, good goods and bads can yeah, happen. So, that so perhaps from a, a cosmopolitan uh, point of view, the idiom "act locally, think globally" is uh, something that is. Uh, for for an individual at least uh, healthier yes. viewpoint exactly it is it is and, and do and what you can yes, yes. And, and keep keep up the hope yeah. I mean I, I, that's also I mean uh, I think uh, um, part of doing research and doing philosophy I mean it wouldn't be any point if you don't have some kind of hope in that says doing these kind of things.
talking yeah. about this. Yes, and cosmopolitan is <laughs> maybe one one of the the benefits of it is that if if local practices are being de- developed, then that can be adopted in other places. Let's say, for example, historically the non-violent resistance during Gandhi's India yeah. uh, and and others, and so it's not just and this doesn't limit itself to political things. But now, when we are we have discussed the the global ecological problems, that if local practices that are efficient are developed, those can be now in a globalized world uh, uh, presented and 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 they are, can be adopted because of the the. The travel of information is so fast. Yes, yes, yes. Um, th- th- that's. Uh, but then also, I even in a more general sense, just uh, sort of uh, um, keep keeping up the voice is also something that easily circulates now all over the world. And uh, I, I do find those things important. Yes. I mean, just keeping up the voice also. You. Yes, yeah. and going back to the the, the, the <coughs> critical theory, Marxism and Karl Marx, the like I said, the, the, some criticisms towards this maybe the more traditional uh, concept of cosmopolitanism is is uh, is presented, which goes under the name of international proletarianism. That mm. that w- w- this this seeking of global solidarity. And, and cooperation, which would be also uh, the foundation for these aforementioned global institutions and organizations that would gain momentum if, if, if we can get global solidarity behind them and, 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 and not just international treaties and agreements that are tied in maybe more, more to political actors and agents in the field. Yeah, I agree. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I was so busy with uh, Marx and, and, and um, critical theory that I, I don't have any much more to say about cosmopolitanism. But if you, Max, have something, it would be certainly interesting to hear. Uh, one last question would be, if you would envision a more cosmopolitan world, what could be the steps towards it? Oh. <clears throat> or are you a critical theorist that you just diagnosed the situation? <laughs> so, of course, I can try to come up with with, with some better things. Uh, uh, nobody will listen <laughs> except the listener. <laughs> Hi. Uh, uh, but, but, but yes, uh, I mean, but you said you keep the voice up, so keep the voice uh, up. Let's get the word so, out. So, there. yes, of course, uh, some ways of regulating uh, capitalism on the basis of uh, diminishing injustices in the world and, and uh, uh, working against global poverty. Can we have that? Of course, the institutions strengthening the UN system is a good idea. I mean, it's doing that, or it knows how to do that. Okay, we just have to. Uh, and, and then, of course, we have to convince the, 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 the big big ones that they should join in with this project. So when we have done that, it will be better. Sorry, this is a bit, of course, uh, idealistic, but, but in, in really, uh, th- that is something that must happen. 
you must be able to to sort of convince the bigger powerful countries uh, to to sort of be part of this kind of project. So let's do that. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay, thank yeah. you, Christian. This was really good. Thank yeah, you. yeah. It has been pleasure talking with you, and, and I've especially enjoyed the, all of the discussion, but especially this one. This has been fun and interesting and enlightening. Yes, thank you. That, that, thank you for me also. This has been really, really interesting, really good one. Yes, I like it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us at www.globalvisions.fi. Check out also Max's book, which is available to download for free at www.avisionofabetterworld.net. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Discord. Everyone is welcome to take part in our activities and discussion, which is an invitation to reflect on how to make the world a better place.